This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him as we broadcast you from Lancaster, Pennsylvania today. So excited to be up here. How we woke up this morning to the smells of fresh farmland. and What a beautiful, <laughs> loved it. It just made me feel like I was home back in Minnesota, except there's hills here, so I knew I wasn't home. <laughs> hey, a shout out to all of the people tuning in from all of our radio stations in Tampa, AM 570, 910, and FM 102.1, and in Jacksonville, 91.7, in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia, and of course, in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, on the Lighthouse, AM 1010, and FM 100.1. But of course, for all of you listening to the streaming online at iWorkForHim.com, and of course, to the podcast, and the Power Pods coming out here very quickly. Just know that we've prayed, that we prayed for this show, that the Holy Spirit would guide our questions and guide our answers, and always it's our prayer that something we say will cause you to dig deeper into your faith and connecting what you heard on Sunday or what you're studying in your scriptures to what you do every day in your nine to five. So one of the things I just want to highlight today is have our listeners um, remember that we have a listener line at 866-713-9675 and um, 866-713-WORK. And this is a way that you can you can plug that into your phone now so that when we have a show, Jim, where we have an author, something that we want them to respond to, something that we want them to engage with, maybe get an opportunity to get a book um, and things like that, that you have that number available and ready. But at any time, you feel free to give us a call, leave us a message. Let us just know what's going on in your world, in your work, how God's moving and working and shaping you. And um, we just love to hear those stories. And that's one great way to do it. 866-713-9675. That's right. We'd love to hear from you, our listeners. 866-713-WORK. All right. Like I said, we're on location in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I've been practicing saying that for several weeks you now. did good. I did good. Yes. We pulled in here last night. The rolling hills, beautiful, just absolutely gorgeous. And it was crisp and fresh this morning. Today, we're on location at Binkley and Hearst, farm implement dealer out here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We're talking with Don Hoover. He's a friend of the Pocket Testament League who help arrange all of these interviews. And you know how much we love the Pocket Testament League, ptl.org. If you are not a Pocket Testament leaguer, you need to check him out online, ptl.org. Don Hoover, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hey, it's great to be here again, and welcome to Lancaster. You know, what's fun, you know, we got to talk over the phone the last time, but this is great. It's nice to be on location, and that's a privilege that we have being empty nesters. We could take the show on the road. Fantastic. Seasons of life, right? That's right. So talk to us about, you've, you grew up here. I was born and raised in Lancaster County, just uh, probably five miles from here as the crow flies. Uh, attended high school, have no formal education beyond that, but I do um, have a pretty high degree in the School of Hard Knocks. Uh, we've learned a lot about God's faithfulness and about his provision for us. And uh, I've been at this place of employment for the last 35 into my 36th year. You know, the farm industry, I, I tell people when we talk about growing up in Minnesota, you, you know, I don't know that there's any one job that more depends on faith in God than being a farmer, because you get maybe 40 times in a lifetime to make money. You get 40 chances. I mean, every season is another chance. You don't know what your return's going to be. You know what your yield's going to be. You don't even know if you're going to have a chance to plant. It may be too muddy in the spring. It may be too wet in the fall to take it. I mean, there's so much. I mean, it's it's a stressful job. Yet most people look at farming and like, oh, all they do is plant in the spring and harvest in the fall, and then they're done. No, it's, there's no place, as you said, there's no place that we get to see the power of God and trust his faithfulness 
like you do in the farm. You're putting those seeds in the ground. You're working with the bloodlines in the dairy, and you're trusting that calf is going to be born healthy, and that cow is going to do well, and you're trusting there's going to be no disease coming to your chicken flocks or whatever. It is a constant walk of faith. Yeah, I, I smelled the freshness of uh, cow farms. That's not what most G- people call it. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's doing the glass this half full today. This is a Christian talk radio show. We're not going to call it what they call it. Okay? <laughs> Some days it smells like money. Some days it just stinks. Yeah, that's what you said. Those that's what good. you said. All right, so talk about living living here. Let's. I mean, I, I want to go a little off script because I want people to. I mean, you. It's it's a beautiful country, but it's very. I mean, you talk about diverse. This is a diverse area of religious infiltration. I mean. You got a lot of stuff going on there. Talk about growing up here. What was it like? What it was like growing up was I was born and raised in a Mennonite home. Okay. I'm very, very thankful for my Mennonite heritage. Uh, I can hear my dad, uh, you know, dutifully asking me to uh, memorize scripture. Uh, at the time, I resented it. But I remember one particular Sunday afternoon back when people in this area actually visited one another when babies were born or something like that. Not a whole lot of that today, maybe. But uh, back in those days, I wanted to go out and play with some of my buddies. Uh, I don't know, probably as an eight or ten year old, and my dad said, "Yeah, you can go out, but um, weren't you due for John fourteen this this uh, week?" And I hung my head and said, "Yes, I was." And so I sat, had to stand there in front of him on a Sunday afternoon. My buddies are outside playing in my lawn, and I've got to stand there and say, um, "Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me." But how many times have I recalled that over the last fifty years? I am so, so thankful, so grateful for what my dad uh, taught me to do. Mm. I love that. And I love that upbringing. So, but, you know, this is an area that you, you've got Amish, you've got Mennonite, you, you've got, as, a, as I've been told, Englishers. I've read, read some books on it. So how, how, does, how have you seen the power of God working in all of this? Because this is an area, I mean, you drive down the roads, the houses are all well-kept, the neighborhoods are phenomenal. Um, it, the hills, well, you got beautiful, I mean, really with a cool, fast car, this would be some great roads, except for the fact that there's <laughs> horse and buggies on the roads. I mean, what was it like growing up? I mean, was this more rural back then? I mean, it, it's pretty, there's a lot of traffic out here now. There's a ton of traffic out here now. Lots and lots of people have been attracted to this area uh, because of all the things that you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. And so we've had our challenges over the years. Of course, zoning has been a big issue um, as the as the local governments and regional governments have endeavored to deal with some of that stuff. But as far as the spiritual dynamics, um, many, many people, I mean, millions of tourists come to the area just to see the, quote, plain sect folks and the beautiful gardens and the beautifully manicured uh, lawns and landscapes and what have you around these these wonderful little farms. Um, and, and that's all awesome. It really is. It's been really, really good for the area. However, um, along with that also came some pretty hefty, uh, what do we want to call it, religious dynamics. In other words, there was a lot of you need to look like this or you need to act like that or you're forbidden to do this or you're you're required to do that. Um, so a lot of prayer has been offered over the years uh, by local church leadership on multiple fronts and and praying that the Lord would break through that religiosity, if you will, the religiousness of the region and reveal himself faithful. And so with the current challenges, particularly in the ag field that I'm uh, most familiar with here, um, we're seeing, I would say, a significant leveling impact where, uh, just as an example, on Thursday nights I've been helping to host a gathering of folks to get together and pray for agriculture, agribusinesses and farmers, producers here in the area. Uh, we've been doing that since back in early January, and it's been amazing to me the number of people from not every tribe and tongue and nation, but certainly a wide representation of local, um, I'm going to say, Sunday morning 
uh, affiliations that are being represented there and are coming together to implore the Lord to pour out his blessing and wisdom uh, during this time for us to deal with the dynamics that we're dealing with in in uh, agriculture. So let's talk about that just for a minute, because one of the things that Jim and I are very passionate about is teaching people about collaboration, that God didn't put us into um, community to be competitors, especially on the spiritual level. So how did you, I'm just curious to glimpse into that just a little bit, how did you get people from different backgrounds to come together for a time of prayer? We went into uh, local publications as a practical means. I mean, we prayed a lot. Mm. That's, that was the first thing, to pray and say, God, just let us see these barriers come down. The silos are certainly a very prevalent uh, reality here across our landscape. And so praying, I mean, literal silos where the right. animal feed is stored. Uh, but to see those silos of individualism come down and yield to the, hey, we've all got a common denominator here, which is concern to a significant extent, and thankfully there are some who are, you know, postured differently or were leveraged differently or whatever who are not financially as stressed as what others are. But the the bulk of the people that we're talking about here with the midsize and smaller farms have experienced some degree of significant duress and are kind of palms to the heavens saying, what are we going to do now? Mm. So they have been open to, um, I don't want to say as a last resort, but as a significant, um, as a significant the resort to turn to the Lord and say, okay, so how can we seek him together? Mm-hmm. I invited, the first people that I invited to that thing were some of my competitors. And I'm saying, you know, mm-hmm. competition is what makes America great. There's nothing That's wrong with right. that. And at the same time, I believe it is important that we view each other's uh, interests, respect them, and we need to see each other not as combatants, but as wholesome and healthy competitors, which is a great environment. Don Hoover from Binkley and Hearst. It's a local ag company. This is really what I would call an implement company, farm implement company. That's what I would call it from Minnesota. Don, what do you call it? Uh, We call Binkley and Hearst a a platform from which we can honor and glorify Christ. Um, I worked at this establishment for 23 years-ish. And back in 2005, uh, went from being uh, a sheep to being a shepherd, and it just pretty much put me on my knees. One of the things that I had committed to at that point was uh, the folks over here at Sight and Sound Theaters are real good friends of mine, and I love the way they put the scripture on stage, the actual right. Bible stories. But I felt like around here, um, having come up in the in the church affiliation that I did, There was a lot of business for mission where the offering plate would go by and people would contribute toward building the barn that burned down last week or toward the, uh, you know, some hurricane damage or tornado or something that had happened. And so there was a lot of resources that were gathered up to deal with those things and people would go and volunteer their time. That was awesome. I appreciate that about uh, the local conservative community here in this area. However, I felt like there was also a dynamic of doing business for mission, or now I would I call it business uh, as ministry. Um, and I sometimes I've joked with our pastors already about how I get to do life with more people than they do. They mm-hmm. get us for an hour or two on Sunday morning, and I've got people who are employed here doing 45, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, and we get to truly do life with them. We're here when the phone call comes in from the, my wife's diagnosis wasn't what we were hoping it was going to be, or... Uh, someone just hit a tree, you know, with a car and, and can I leave the meeting, Don? Uh, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. we give high priority to family. You need to go and deal with that. And so there would be a week's worth of stories of that nature um, that we've been privileged to participate in. Um, one of the things that motivates me is uh, a scripture from Second Corinthians 2, I believe it's verse 14, where it says, we know that God is always leading us in victory in Christ 
And that's probably a sermon series right there. And then beyond it says, um, and through us, he diffuses the fragrance of the knowledge of himself in all places. And so I believe that that means when I'm at my desk, I believe that means when I'm at the farm show, when I'm out at the at the farm market or whatever, um, or, or a meeting in Harrisburg amongst elected officials and, and wherever we are, to carry the essence of Christ. I'll right. often say, you know, Jesus isn't walking in here this morning. We're it. And so what are we going to do about that? And so we take it very seriously. Yeah, you know, we often talk on the air on how, as a Jesus follower, every I mean, our faith should be so compelling, our behavior should be so compelling that everybody around us should be benefiting from our faith in Christ, from the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. Whether they believe or not, they should be benefiting from our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And that's what you're talking about. As you run this business tree, which is really the new catchword, mm-hmm. put it all together. It's really a business tree mm-hmm. because you are the chief shepherd of this organization. Mm-hmm. You are the pastor to this organization. How many employees do you guys have? Uh, about 170 across multiple locations. It is. When I started here, I was the 13th employee in, two, I mean, in 1983. I was the 13th employee, and if I stood at the right place over here in the middle of the complex, I could speak loudly enough, and everyone in the company could hear me. Uh, today, that's a little different when we're scattered across multiple states and uh, yeah. multiple, multiple outlets. But to your point, yes. Um, you know, there. I, I've told many people I don't have a tattoo, but if I did, it would be right across my forehead, and it would say, there has to be a difference. And by that, I mean, Amen. for those of us who name the name of Christ, there has to be a difference. And so what we find in today's environment, again, on multiple fronts, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, financial, whatever, when someone gets into a place of, oh, wow, what are we going to do now? There's, there's that, that desperation factor that has them say, well, maybe I'll go talk to Don or talk to somebody else in the, in the uh, employee family here who is focused on Christ and just might have an answer for me. So it's really out of that desperation that we have many, 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 I mean, nearly countless opportunities to minister and to represent Christ. Mm, That's fabulous. So, you know, right before um, we started talking on the air, you were sharing with us about your core values and the things that God helped you to develop. And as you um, bring on employees and you have these 170 employees that you are shepherding, how are you able to make a difference in, to be a difference in their lives? Uh, we're very clear we have a, I think, a well-defined and well-illustrated mission, vision, and core value, kind of a combination sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, so early in the conversation with any potential new hires, we would uh, make some statement along the lines of, you know, we are not everybody's going to work for NASA, not everybody's going to work for the local, uh, you know, refuse collectors or whatever, and, and we certainly would fit um, in in that same category, saying not everybody is going to want to work with, and I don't like to say for, uh, but not everybody's going to work, want to work with our company. Hmm. Um, and part of that is because these core values, and you could sit here and say, okay, 170 employees, how many of them just really open arms, embrace, and are passionate about fulfilling the mission, vision, and values? And I would say um, that is certainly not 100%. Uh, thankfully, there is a core group that is very passionate about it and are representing well. But it's uh, it's not – it's just like anything else in life. I mean, you're going to embrace anything sure. to varying extents and, and to various uh, depths. Um, but they're but, all terribly aware of it, and they, and they know what the core values are that they are working with. Very much so. Very much so. So as one example, this morning I was in a, in a staff meeting here led by someone else. 
not myself. And uh, one of our core values as it regards our team is we need value and support one another. And so this person said, in the interest of need, value, and support, let me do this. And uh, so, again, very, very clear. Um, mm. We're passionate about customer service. So what does that look like? Because certain customers are more demanding than others. One, sure they are. And occasionally you'll have somebody go, oh, I didn't feel like I was served very passionately. Well, let me help you to understand what went into our doing what we did for you. And, oh, okay, I guess you did all right after all, you know, kind of thing. We honor God is our primary uh, core value. And people come back and say, you honored God when you did that? Um, and frankly, in this conservative community here, Sunday sales is something I've had people come back and say, you're selling toys on Sunday? Uh, yes, because our understanding would be that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath kind of thing. So, um, And then we do gift the proceeds from, from those Sunday sales at a couple of the shows that we do that, that span over a Sunday. So, yeah, it's it's. I, I think, again, there's so much here that has us um, just resting in the fact that the Lord looks at the heart. There's a lot of people looking at what they see on the outside and making their discernments and their their uh, judgments, if you will. But um, our confidence is in Christ, and we pray a lot um, that we will just, again, be aligned with what God has determined and, and God has established for us, uh, you know, Jeremiah 29, uh, what he has for us, what we mm-hmm. were designed before the foundations of the earth to be. And so... So let's talk about what it really looks like. Okay, so you 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 sell farm equipment. Yes, I imagine you repair farm equipment as well. We do. Okay, um, and you cover and you have stores in how many states? Uh, we have a we have a pair of stores in Lidditz. We have two in Virginia, and we have two on the Eastern Shore. One in Seaford, Delaware, and one in Kennedyville, Maryland. Okay, so you got that's a lo- that's a long ways from here. I mean, that's several hours four, in every direction. Four yeah. hours. Travel. Okay. So as you and you've got, I imagine store managers at each one of those places. So okay. when you're when you're raising up people within your organization, how do you make sure that they're going to represent those core values and represent your heart for Christ? It is pretty much a matter of modeling. Um, I've pretty much over the years determined that there are three different categories into which most aspiring leaders uh, will fit. And I've used Moses and Christ and kind of laid this over against, uh, you know, the way they led. Uh, my wife, one evening I went home and I was saying, I just don't understand why people don't get this and this. And she said, wait a second. Jesus had his betrayer. He had his denier. He had his this, he had his that. And he was the ultimate leader of all time. Who do you think you are? (laughs) So uh, that gave me a healthy dose of reality. But um, I'm convinced that people, people fit into one of three categories. They either need to be modeled for, they need to be motivated, or they need to be mentored. And again, I could take scripture and lay it over each of those three. Uh, and the way Christ did that, and that's kind of the way it is here. And some you get to hold their hand, some you get to walk beside them, and some you just kind of get behind them and give them a push. And and they they, uh, you know, we all mature um, and develop and grow at different paces. We're all at different places on our journey with Christ. Um, and again, there are some who just say, you know what, Don, it's a good place to work. Make sure I get my paycheck on Friday, kind of thing. Uh, but there's there's also much deeper. But those sense. aren't the kind of guys you're going to put in charge of an uh, of one of your locations, just collecting a paycheck because they've got to reflect your heart for Christ. So how do you how do you pour into those managers? What are some of the things that you do specifically to the, the people that are the general managers of your stores are, uh, across the the eastern seaboard here? Core values are a big deal. Okay. Um, most of those locations, most of those offices are going to have the core values posted, so it is something that is going to be um, in front of them. 
Um, just the everyday, this morning we were talking about accounts receivable here as an example. And so we're saying, well, we've got this many thousands of dollars worth of uh, AR at this point. And, you know, we really do need to receive that. We need to collect that. That's, that's owed to us. That's what people have agreed to pay. And I said, gang, well, you know, we have been through some very significant cha- financial challenges ourselves here in the last five or six years. Let's make sure we're not going out there in the biblical story, uh, you know, taking somebody by the throat for five or $8,000 when we had zeros, multiple zeros behind that over the last five years where we owed people right. in the interest, again, of re- uh, sowing and reaping. So just tons of opportunities to model. Yeah, you could look them up online, binkleyhurst.com. If you need any farm equipment, this is a place to go. Now, toys. And toys and BinkleyHurst.com that they can get the farm toys as well, right? Yeah. What other kind of toys do you sell, Don? Um, actually, it's been a pretty significant business. It is all ag-oriented, all farm-oriented yeah. toys. It's pretty much every color under the rainbow or of the rainbow, pretty much every color under the sun uh, of toys. That thing started where we could have put all the toys that we had back in the late 80s onto um, you know a very small space and now it's it's a warehouse and about a 10,000 square foot uh, display area it's something to see i'm hoping we can get to uh, show that to you guys I'm later looking today looking forward to it so is that a um is that an online sales? Is that local sales? What I mean, what, what are you? Yes, yes, and yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Absolutely. Sell the Melissa and Doug little tractors and, and we'll stuff too? We'll sell you just about anything okay, you want. Just, um, one of the things that we've done there, again, just using that as an example. You, you've seen our business cards and you see the scripture verses on the back. Mm-hmm. and um, So we send out, I don't know, 80,000, probably eighty or 90,000 catalogs over there. And we've got the gospel right on the front cover of that thing. And what amazes me at that is that we have uh, corporate sponsors who are sponsoring that catalog to an extent. They, they uh, allow some co-op there. And they will allow the scriptures to be on the front. I'm not even sure what it is this year. I know we've used John 3.16. We've used uh, – it's primarily a Christmas catalog. So we sure. use some of the unto us a child is born kind of thing. Uh, but then when the chips are down and grandma's dying of cancer, um, they'll call and say, um, so you guys are uh, – are, are, um, religious over there yeah, it's religious they always go to so, religious thing. so yep. we stop them with that and say well yeah we have a relationship with jesus anyway i'm not sure what religion really is but and then you go on from there um sometimes they want to you know develop that conversation but the short of it is we get opportunities to pray with people mm. um i have a gentleman who's coming in here to see me in a few weeks that i met over there at the toy store one day and he just i thought there was something seemed a little bit off with him and i mentioned something to his wife and when i when she, he heard that she said what she said he went back outside and he was crying. Well, come to find out that he has a cancer diagnosis. They have two precious small children, and this guy's a kind of a one-man band on a on a uh, personal business, and just came to a sliding halt. And uh, had been a church attendee, but not really walking with Jesus per se. Well, I've had the opportunity to reach out to him, sending him emails, calling him periodically. We've texted, and he called me last week and said, I'm through the chemo treatments. Let me come in there and hang out with you. We need to talk one, mm-hmm. one-on-one. Doesn't want the family there. Uh, so I'm not sure what the Lord's going to do there. That's something I'm praying about. But it's just that's one of many, many stories that we could tell you. And it came about by virtue of connections at the toy store and their understanding. And I would say, again, just smelling the essence of Christ. <laughs> this was all made possible because of our relationship with the Pocket Testament League, us even being face-to-face today. Talk mm-hmm. to us about how you use the Pocket Testament League as you interconnect it with the, with the business tree of Binkley and Hearst. Uh, the Pocket Testament League is just one absolutely awesome organization. They have an office here. I, I think their their primary office actually is here in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, which is the little town that we're in uh, just north of Lancaster. 
Uh, and I had envisioned way back when I had envisioned that they were just, uh, you know, half a dozen little old ladies in, in maybe red hats on Saturday mornings who would go out and distribute New Testaments up and down the the uh, streets here in Lidditz. But come to find out, it's way, way, way more than that. Uh, a year or so ago, right now, or maybe last week, we were down in Washington. And what an inspiration to hang out with For the us. 125th anniversary. We were. Founders right. Week. Yes, we were there, indeed. too. Really? Well, we were at another we were conference, at a but in the same event at the same, at the same time. hotel at the it Mandarin Oriental in Washington D.C. And then we got to worship together Sunday morning. Yes, we did. I, I, that yeah. morning, I was like halfway in tears and halfway in goosebumps the entire morning. It was just absolutely uh, phenomenal. It was a really great MC yeah. at that event. That was incredible. Really? You might know him. I might. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So Moving anyway. on. Moving Pocket on. Testament. He, he's humble too, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, I had <laughs> so much fun at that event. Though. I love MCing an event. It's it's, it's fantastic. Super. So, so talk. Go ahead, Martha. Well, you were just saying that you had gotten to go to their celebration yeah. and stuff, and you have learned that Pocket Testament League is a whole lot more than just a few Absolutely. people here locally. So hanging with them is so inspirational. When you're hearing about people who are uh, involved in and ministries just all over the globe, literally, and they're saying, hey, this is really cool. Let's take the Gospel of John and let's put our wrapper, our cover on it uh, for some, some specific interest. We've got one here locally where some guys took and put their business is poultry equipment. So they've got two poultry houses pictured on the front of this of this uh, Gospel of John. And actually, I've been giving those out to some of the folks that we've been, we've been hanging out with. We're just in the process right now of developing our first cover, mm-hmm. our first wrapper for the, mm-hmm. the Gospel of John. And what are you going to put on it? Uh, we're going to put on it um, our one of the missions that I work with that I helped to found in Sierra Leone, West Africa. is called Horizons of Hope. And uh, so we're going to put Horizons of Hope on this first one. Um, again, in complete candor, I've been using another little booklet here that we had put together, I don't know, five or seven years ago. And I took all of the red-letter words of Jesus through the Gospels. And it's, it's, um, it's first person, Jesus speaking to the reader, where he says, Know this, that in the last days difficult times will come. But I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the... So it's just, it's a neat little volume. Uh, people have really responded well to that. Also, I've used it at funerals. I've used it just at farm shows and, and wherever. So you've got a couple of tools that you use when, when you actually get to engage in, in those conversations with people about Christ, people that are seeking, asking questions. We do. And then again, I get very little, this is just my approach, but I get very, very little off the internet. Um, I would rather take uh, an afternoon and go home and go into my basement and inquire of the Lord, or I would rather go to my cabin in Potter County, northern Pennsylvania, and uh, just receive from the Lord um, inspiration and write what I believe he gives me, bring it back, pray over it, uh, refine it if necessary, and then I use that a lot. Um, there's there's um, a lot of material I feel like God has given me for us and for the circles in which I travel. So let's talk about that. What is what is it that um, God's allowing you to communicate, and what are some of the circumstances which you get to use those materials that he's downloaded to you? Um, a lot of people know the scripture. Uh, many, many of the people that I interact with have some working knowledge of what I'm going to call a King James Bible. They They know the story of the three guys in the fiery furnace. They couldn't name them, but they know that story broadly. Or they know, uh, you know, just other of the, of the mm-hmm. I'm going to say, basic Bible stories. But when you are able to take them and uh, in, a, in a conversation with someone who's dealing with a challenge, an opportunity in life, 
And you can take that scripture and say, well, you know, with an understanding that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the thing that got many of the people uh, the notoriety that they received throughout scripture was the fact that they were, for example, they were um, incredibly radically obedient. So where are the radically obedient people today? And with that pursuit, most of the times when I am, uh, again, saying, Lord, okay, so what does radical obedience to you and instruction by the Holy Spirit and all that, what does that look like today? It will, by my choices, put me at odds with pretty much every system, (laughs) every train of thought, every approach around me. So, Don, what are you thinking? Why would you even begin to do that? Well, let me take you back. You, You know, one of the impressions I received here a few weeks ago was common sense has no place in the life of a spirit-led follower of Christ. So give me an example. What do you mean? Um, what did God ever do that made sense? Go back to no- to Noah as an example. No, I want you to give me your example. I mean, there's a total examples throughout the scriptures, but what about in your life? An example for me? Yeah, where you were thinking, common sense says to do this, but okay. the Lord's saying... Um, sure. So I'm sitting here at my desk uh, three years ago, about right now. And the phone rings, and someone says, Don, do you know that so-and-so is in the hospital? She's age 24. She has two precious kids, and they have sent her home telling her there's nothing else they can do for her medically. It looks like she's going to be crossing over before long. And I said, no, I wasn't aware of that. So I pondered that for a little bit, prayed, asked God, and closed everything up here on my desk. And I said uh, to the vice president near me over here, I said, would it be okay if I'd be gone the rest of the day? And he said... Uh, Sure, keep your phone on. So I went over to our toy store. I picked up a small, uh, honestly, it was a stuffed cow because this was a farm that I was going to to visit this person. And uh, closed everything up. And I drove four hours to go there to, I anointed this toy Mm -hmm. with oil and prayed over it. Not dissimilar from what was done in scripture where they prayed over handkerchiefs and aprons and what have you. And I believe that God being the same yesterday, today, and forever, again, it's not about the oil, it's not about the prayer, it's certainly not about the calf or the cow, the toy. It's about the faith. Right. The prayers of the faith will heal the sick. So I went up there driving four hours, like I say, 200 miles, and um, ministered to her that day, um, just, again, hearing, I believe, from the Lord to serve her communion. Um, she was in a very, very desperate place that day rejuvenated and rebounded significantly for, I forget what it was, six or eight weeks. I mean, significantly turned about. And then, and she was out again. I mean, off of, off of the, out of the bed, off of the hmm. apparatus that she had been on there and riding around the pickup truck, went to the local school program when her kid was, uh, or her, uh, I believe son was involved um, in a school program. And, uh, you know, it was like, wow, God, this is awesome. She had accepted Christ in the meantime. Um, and then she got dramatically worse and passed. Mm-hmm. And then it was, then I was asked to take another day and go up there and speak at the funeral. Why would you do that, Don? That's stupid. That didn't sell one piece of equipment that didn't uh, do a lot of things, but what it did was it, it allowed me to fill a role that God had entrusted to me in that setting. They were not regular church attendees. They were not a lot of things, but the reason they embraced me, the reason they allowed me to participate in the funeral was because um, she connected with you, Don. And I think, again, that's a spirit thing. Right, absolutely. So it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're in the farm machinery business. You've got to stay here and you've got to stay focused and you've got to be mapping strategy and you've got to be developing advertising schemes and all this. Yes, we do, absolutely. And we've got to do it with excellence. And we've also got to be 
that for me, I need to be that kingdom representation that Christ has anointed me to be. Right. So we're talking with Don Hoover today from Binkley and Hurst in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Check him out online, BinkleyHurst.com, BinkleyHurst.com. Martha. Well, I'm just so intrigued by um, your willingness to just be obedient in the moment. So speak to our um, listeners before we go to break, just quickly on on encouraging them, you know, when they're in a situation where maybe it just doesn't make sense, but they know that God's prompting them to do it. How can they walk in that obedience? Uh, For me, it's spelled T-I-M-E. You need to take the time. You need to. Di- I need to. I need to discipline myself. I wouldn't know when to tell you. Is the last time I watched a, an evening newscast. I just don't watch the news. Do I uh, put the local TV station on my computer here and click down through the stuff that I might mm-hmm. want to check out that happened locally? I do. But as far as all of the gibberish that is on the news, I don't mess with it. I endeavor to hear the voice of the Lord in spite of all of the stuff that I know that's going on around mm-hmm. me. So it's that's where I start, is focused on what the Lord is saying. Check them out online, binkleyhurst.com. And also, we've talked a lot about their toys that they sell out. They send out eighty or 90,000 catalogs every year for Christmas, outbacktoys.com, outbacktoys.com. That sounds, that's more my speed. You got like, you know, any model or any railroad stuff there in that toys? We have some, and trucks, uh, that and type trucks. of thing. That's pretty cool. I like that. So we're talking with Don Hoover. Don, you know, we always ask the question right before we start the last segment, what is it you want to make sure you get a chance to share with the audience? Because you're running this business street called Binkley and Hearst. You've got locations all over the, the eastern seaboard. You, you've you've um, got 170 employees. You're trying to live out your faith in your work. You're trying to figure out what that looks like every day. What, what is it? How do you start every day? My posture, whether it's when I wake at 2 o'clock in the morning, and again, that's not, I don't feel like I stress. I don't feel like I lose sleep because of the, how are we going to fix this? What are we going to do there? Because so much of what God does here is so far beyond my capacity. So rather, it's a posture of, God, what are you doing today? Do you want me involved? And if so, how? What am I supposed to do? Um, A few weeks ago, I was impressed with, Don, it's show and tell time. I will show you my power and tell you what I want you to do. Tell me where your faith is, and I will show you my power. Mm-hmm. So it's those kind of tidbits along the way that just that motivate me, that I believe help to keep me centered in what God wants me to be doing. So how does somebody like you that is busy with all of the things Jim just listed and, and being the shepherd to so many people, how do you practically make sure that you are actually listening to what God's telling you? Again, it's a matter of discipline. It's a matter of time. Um, When I'm driving in my pickup truck, of course, I have the Bluetooth there and a lot of phone work gets done. But if I've got a three-hour ride to a Seaford store or a four-hour ride to a Harrisonburg store, the radio is usually off. Mm -hmm. And my posture is, okay, God, what do we got today? And, uh, you know, things like, Lord, show me my heart today. Show me my heart and uh, that's a story way too long for today, but it's those types of things. It's the question, it's the posture, it's the, uh, I don't want to say having my mind in neutral because it's not, but it's, it's again, focused on him. Lord, how would you speak to me today? Uh, we're sitting here having this awesome conversation. We can hear each other and it's real time and it's, you know, we're just bopping along. But to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit for me, to hear the voice of the Lord takes time. And frequently I will hear from him when I am uh, not thinking about a given topic I mean, I was pumping fuel here some time ago, and I heard very clearly, and I say heard, I, I was impressed very clearly with practice, my presence, my power, 
and my praises in the marketplace. Well, I can write that down in 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. It has taken me years to begin to digest that and say, okay, what does it mean to practice the presence of Christ? Right. Uh, the praises thing is fairly easy because it's just, you know what? Thank God this morning there's a, there's a rhythm in my chest that I wouldn't have if it wasn't for the Lord. I, the, the eyesight that I have, the, the bills are paid for this month, the just on and on and on. So there's, there's so much we have to be thankful for. But being aware and just being, yeah, I think, um, open and vulnerable every day and acknowledging his presence in our lives um, before our feet even hit the ground. Because boy, if we don't make that a priority, um, it's very easy to be distracted by all of the busyness very of so. running, just running the business. So talk to us, let's get personal then. How do you keep this business tree, the business tree of Binkley and Hearst from interfering with your married life to interfering with you being a leader in your family. How, how, how have you kept those delineated and make sure that they're protected? I haven't always. Uh, that is something my wife and I are, even as we speak, are working on. We just entered into a, a season probably two weeks ago of fresh focus on prayer, uh, making sure that we are connecting, uh, you know, and ideally connected uh, to what God is doing and wants to do with us within us and through us that that's something i pray a lot today is god what do you want me to do thank you for working in us both to will and to do that which is well pleasing in your sight and to allow that to be evident through us to those that we touch so practically speaking i have not always done well at that um somebody is your wife really good at letting you know when you're not doing so well uh my wife will let me know when i'm not doing it so well <laughs> really good um no, it's uh, it's a constant challenge. It really mm -hmm. is. It really is. Somebody applauded us recently for having such awesome kids. How do you guys raise such awesome kids? And I said, you know, what our kids are are by God's grace. They are because of God's grace and almost in spite of us. Sure. that's all. Uh, I think that's always the case. How many kids do you have? Three. And are they, are they married with kids now? Uh, two are married, and we have four precious grandchildren. Nice. Do you have an extra one besides the precious four? I mean, like four precious ones, and then there's that other They're one? They're all no. precious. Okay, all right, okay. just checking. <laughs> just precious. the way you said that. All right, so let's. I, I want to talk about operationally here at Binkley and Hearst, because you've got 170 employees. I, I don't know if you've noticed this. You, you've been here 36 years, I think you said. Employees, um, when there's problems at home, those problems most of the time come with them. How do you minister to your people when you know they're struggling at home? Divorce, kids that are sick, um, kids that are in trouble. I mean, how do you, I mean, that's every day in every business. You're a pastor to these people. How do you prepare yourself to help the people that directly report to you? And how are you preparing your managers to look for those things? Um, availability and sensitivity. In other words, when they know that I care, when they know that I am uh, interested in what's going on in their worlds, because we're all the same. I mean, ultimately, we're all going through similar dynamics. And so I am uh, really, really committed to being uh, sensitive to, we had a meeting some time ago, and there were, I think, five people in my office. And uh, we started into our agenda, and I looked at the one gentleman, I said, are you good? He said, um, not really. And I ceremoniously slapped my folder shut mm. and said, okay, let's stop right here and let's figure this out. And there were tears and there was uh, at least an acknowledgement of some of the things that he's experiencing. And so, again, it's it's by modeling, but it's sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, sensitivity to what we uh, are experiencing in the moment. 
You know, and one of the things I think that we've heard from people over time, but yet it's so hard for us to um, practice is the fact that taking that time away from your agenda actually accomplishes so much more than what you could have accomplished in that moment. Don't you think that's There right? is no doubt. Um, that's, oh, wow, it's probably 20 years ago that I felt like the Lord had me focused in a season. He had me focused on the reality that when we seek first the kingdom, and that to a significant extent is relationships. When we seek first the kingdom, I can have my afternoon completely planned and, you know, 10 minutes of open time for the entire afternoon and an awareness comes to me, this is a phone call that needs to be made or somebody walks into the office or whatever and you get to pushing things around and, and uh, invest that hour or whatever it is with that person and it's amazing how God will cover everything else. And investing is another oh, big... Don't miss that because I've seen that too. So all of a sudden... Something comes up. You had a action-packed afternoon, and God says, no, focus on this person. Let me clear your schedule. Yep. And this person will call, and, sorry, I can't make it. The next person will call, yeah, well, let's do this tomorrow. I mean, mm -hmm. God does that. It's like he understands outlook and can say, mm -hmm. psh, psh, or whatever, your Gmail or, calendar, whatever. Or maybe. if you thought that it was going, you know, you had uh, scheduled an hour for that conversation, and you con contact the person and say, you know what, I'm not going to be able to see you until one thirty. And you take that hour-long conversation in 20 minutes, just gets an amazing lot of work done. Mm -hmm. One of the things that helps me in that is I felt like God really spoke to me recently about this, and that was investing. Um, it's not just we spent an hour talking about that. No, no, it's we invested an hour because when there's a sense of investment, you're looking for return. You're looking for something that God's going to bring back there. Right. And it's more than walking away, you know, just clapping your hands and saying, well, we just invested uh, $50,000 in that initiative, or we invested this conversation or we, you know, it's, it's, um, it's far for me, it's far more significant when we invest something than when we spend. Mm. Oh, that's a good word. It is. And when, and, but when you invest in people, there's always a good ROI. Always. I mean, it made, it just isn't always <laughs> seeable right now. I think that's a that's a key element right there is another thing. Somebody says, how was the meeting? How was the conversation? How was the this? How was the that? When, when the anointing of the Holy Ghost is on somebody who is before people and they are communicating what's on the heart of God, whether that's with two people in the office or whether that's with 2,000 in the auditorium, we, okay, I have been uh, impressed of the Lord that I need to be really, really careful about making a discernment, a judgment, if you will, an assessment of what has happened. Was it a good meeting? Oh, people were really involved. They were worshiping. They were on their feet. They were, okay, so they were jumping around, clapping their hands. Were they worshiping? And is it mine to even make that discernment? For me, the answer is no. I be obedient to God, and then I let the rest of what he does. And one of the things that's in, uh, that has driven that home to me is that I can be, I could sit here and tell you numerous stories of, Don, 17 years ago, you did this. Don, 22 years ago, you did this. And they'll come back and talk about something that God used to speak to them. And it has them coming back to me now saying, my son was killed last night. Can you guys pray with us? And so it, it's just, again, God's priority is done God's way. Yeah, fantastic. Don Hoover, thanks for hosting us here at Binkley and Hearst. Thanks for being on iWork for him today. Absolutely. My pleasure. A lot of fun. Check them out online, binkleyhurst.com, binkleyhurst.com. And, of course, this conversation made possible by the Pocket Testament League. Sure, appreciate their partnership and helping arrange a lot of contacts here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, ptl.org, ptl.org, the Pocket Testament League. 
You've been listening to our work room with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.